something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. can't see the thing okay what's up y'all welcome to hand me my purse the podcast i am mimi walker and i will be your forever host each and every single time you tune into this podcast so go ahead and get comfortable get yourself a glass of your favorite beverage whether that's alkaline water red kool-aid a hot cup of tea with honey a glass of cabernet sauvignon or hennessy and light yourself a candle, some incense, or burn some sage, and just get ready to chill out and have a good time. Friends and Kim, what's up? It is Mimi, resident Auntie Supreme here, hand me my purse, and today, a sister is sipping on some rosé. Rosé all day think that's what they say rosé all day anyway i'm sipping on some rosé and today is not a sophisticated elegante pinkies up kind of day i don't even really get into that too much but today i am uh drinking wine out of a box and i'm gonna get into why it's so great in a second but i'm drinking uh barefoot's wine to go and i'm drinking rosé now you know i do want to say one thing I fight with mentioning brands and stuff in uh, my podcast because it's like, they're not paying me. I'm not going to be mentioning their name because they're not paying me. They need to pay me, pay how I weigh. And I ain't no little girl. But I believe that it's important for me to mention certain brands or mention them because if you are listening and you're like, wow, I want to try that or, oh man, I want to see what that's about. She's really riding hard for that. I want to see what that's hitting for. 
you know, I don't want you going out and guesstimating and trying to figure out what it is I was drinking. No, this is exactly what I'm drinking. This is exactly what I'm eating. This is exactly what I'm using. This is exactly what I'm wearing so that you can go out and try exactly what I'm talking about in this podcast. Now, it would be awfully nice if barefoot, bubbly, Jose Cuervo, because those are things that I drink on a regular basis, um, peak tea, don't get me started on water, um, but it would be nice if they would pay me for mentioning their brand and ads. And then if you want to advocate for me to do so, write them a letter, tag them in posts, repost my stuff and tag them in it. And maybe one day they will pay me. Until then, I'm not going to stop because they're not because I want my listeners to have the same experiences that I'm having. So if I'm drinking barefoot wine to go, I think that's what it's called in a box and it's rosé, I want you to go out and get it so you can try it. Now about wine in a box. I remember being young and hearing my Uncle Al, who I love two pieces, he's hilarious. Um, Shout out to my Uncle Al, shout out to the Bay. My Uncle Al talking about wine in a box, and I remember thinking to myself, I may have more than likely, knowing me, I probably said to him, oh, what is wine in a box? Why would you drink wine out of a box? I thought it was in a glass or, you know, in a glass container. And this might have even been before I even started drinking or before I legally started drinking, I should say. But um, I remember thinking that is weird. Like, why would people want to drink wine out of a box? As a 40 year old, let me tell you something about wine in a box. It is convenient as all hell. Um, you can take it, like it says, wine to go. I can take it to go. And one of those boxes is apparently supposed to be three glasses of wine. Um, I drank it in two uh, sittings and actually I've had it before and I drank it in one. Uh, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day. But the awesome thing about this, uh, wine to go is that you don't have to worry about glass. I'm not really big on like plastic. You know, I I try to avoid plastic as much as possible because this can be a little bit, you know, I care about the planet. I'm a very complex individual, but I prefer glass. Or paper, and I'm sure it's made out of recycled paper. And guess what? I drinks that. I drinks that wine out of that box, and it is so good. So go try it. Barefoot wine to go. The rose one. I have another one in the refrigerator. Um, I think it's a sweet red. I don't usually like sweet wine, but I wanted to try it. I wanted to uh, try it, and the rose is really good if you put it in the freezer and let it get like a little bit slushy. It's banging. Just an FYI. Why am I drinking rosé in the middle of the day? Because it is the middle of the day. Because I want to and because I can. Sometimes when people got, you know, people will ask you questions like, oh, well, why'd you do that? Oh, well, what made you do that? Because I wanted to and because I can. That's it. I can't think of any better reason why I'm having rosé in the middle of the day than because I can and I want to because I'm grown. That's why. Now let's get on into this jam, shall we? So today's jam, guys, is a song by none other than the woman with the most beautiful smile on the face of the earth. I would like to know who her dentist is uh, because I would travel to Philadelphia to see him or her. Miss Jill Scott, uh, the song is One is the Magic Number. And the reason that I chose this song was because as we get further into the show, um, 
you'll understand, of course, it's connected because it's what I do. I connect the dots, okay? But um, something that I have always understood, and I guess just based on uh, my life experience since the age of like 10 or 11, is that even though I exist in a world where there are tons of people and I'm loved by so many people, I have a family. My family dynamic is such a blessing. And anybody who is lucky enough to come in contact with my family and see that, or if you are even more so blessed enough to come from my family and be a part of my family, like it's a blessing. And I don't think my family is any different from any other black family or white family or Mexican family or whatever family. Um, But my family is special because we connection is very important to us. And so even though I come from a family where connection is so big, just based on my life experiences, I understand that how my life unfolds rests on me and my shoulders, right? And the great thing is that you have family, you have friends who are there for you along the way to help you. But ultimately, it's like CMB, we all we got. And in this case, Mimi, you all you got. And that is not to take away from the people in my life that are so important that always have my back, that love me. But ultimately, my joy is my responsibility. Me or, you know, I may not be the beginning and the end result of how it came to be. But how I deal with that pain is totally up to me. How I bounce back from that pain or any trauma that I've experienced is up to me. And so like I had a reminder, it's not an epiphany because I already knew. And like I said, I knew and figured that out when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. But like I, I had a reminder of that. And so as a result, I had to spend some time with myself for myself. And that is the song that, you know, really, how do I say that is the song that really spoke to me in, in, in terms of uh, what I have experienced over the past week. And I'm going to read just a small portion of um, the song. Actually, I found a, cover because that's what I do on Instagram, not Instagram, Jesus. I found a cover on YouTube by a young lady named Kimberly Simmons. I'm going to play it for you in a second. But at the beginning of the song, Jill is saying or reciting in Spanish the following. She says, wow, somebody is riding their little motorcycle. Um, She is saying, or she says, excuse me, you know what? Okay, you got a motorcycle, sir. I can see it. It is great. I'm looking out the window at him and his motorcycle. It is nice. Gee whiz. Anyway, she says, No hay nadie más que yo. Uno es el número mágico. En vida y en muerte, uno es todo. Comprende. And that translated is, there is no one but me. One is the magic number. In life and in death, one is everything. Do you understand or get it? And that was so powerful for me. That thing sat in my spirit. Do you understand me? There is no one but me. And like I said, that is not to take away from the fact that I'm surrounded by love. Do you understand? I have an army of love always behind me, always ready to go. But at the end of the day, it's me. 
like that army of love, they can comfort me or they can, you know, help me or they can add to my joy. Uh, They can make me laugh. But at the end of the day, it is solely my responsibility to ensure that I feel good or that I'm in a good space. So in life and in death, let me tell you something, that thing hit me. And then at the end when she says, comprende, like, do you understand? Like, do you get it? I get it. I hope y'all get it, but I get it. Listen, it's me and that and in no way, shape or form. That is the basis that alone, what I just read, that is the basis for how I approach self-care. Because at the end of the day, it's just me. That's my magic number in life and in death. One is everything. Now let's go on and get into this cover and listen to this sister singing this song about it. Now let's get into the show. What's the word, friends and kin? I hope everybody's doing well. Um, How are you feeling? And I know you can't, you can answer me, but I won't hear you. Feel free to send me a message and let me know how you're doing if you want to talk about it. But like really, like in real life, like take inventory of how you are really feeling right now. Like, just take a few seconds and let's think about it. Okay. I hope for the most part that people are feeling good. I know I'm feeling quite great today. Uh, In this moment, I'm feeling absolutely wonderful. And I have been feeling this way for the past few days, which is a win for me. However, about a week ago, sis was not feeling that great at all. I mean, at all. Okay. But before we get into that, I want to share with you guys what I did for Juneteenth. Did any of you guys do anything for Juneteenth? If you did, send me a message, send me a text, send me Morse code, a smoke signal, or just send me a DM on um, Instagram. That always works. Um, And tell me what you did for Juneteenth. I feel like this year, Juneteenth was um, a lot more... uh, I don't want to say it was more sacred because it should be sacred every year, but I feel like as a culture, we were much more aware of it this year. And I feel like more people were in tune with it and actually celebrated this year. Um, I know personally, I made a commitment to do so with a vengeance every year going forward and not to work. Um, I had a meeting and I did not go. I told them along with uh, the other black people that are um, a part of um, it's a, it's for my after school program. The other black people that are in the program, we uh, got together and we were like, who's going to send an email and say that we're not working today or we're not coming to a meeting today because it's Juneteenth. And we did and we didn't go. And I mean, I couldn't. And this is why I couldn't. So after my last show, I'm sure you guys listened. And if you didn't, 
go listen to it when I'm done with this show. Um, and my conversation with Gina of the bedroom bartender, where she created those two special drinks to commemorate and celebrate our ancestors for Juneteenth. Uh, I talked to a really good friend of mine and she asked me if I wanted to go on a road trip with her and her daughter down to the Eastern shore of Maryland to the birthplace and hometown of none other than Harriet Tubman. Did you know she was from Maryland? If you didn't, now you do. Look it up. She's from Dorchester. And so when we got down there, we met up with a sister who is like totally in the know about like black life and historical facts about black people on the Eastern shore and like ancestry and history and all those things. And I got really excited because I have family connections on the Eastern shore on both sides, if I'm not mistaken, but definitely and particularly on my mother's side. And I was really hyped up about going because when it comes to my maternal lineage and ancestry, I'm kind of at a loss. I don't know a lot. So um, I've been trying to piecemeal that information together. And it was a quick last minute decision to go, but it was probably one of the best choices that I have made in 2020 and possibly in my life. It was a beautiful day. Uh, on the way down, we stopped at a liquor store and we picked up some white rum so that we could pour libations for our ancestors on Juneteenth. I mean, it's the least we could do on such a day, especially considering, you know, what's going on in the country. It's the very least we could do. And if you're not really sure what pouring libations is about, probably know more about it than you think you do. But pouring libations is basically a ceremonial tradition used mostly by cultures of color or people of color that celebrates or honors the dead. And it is rooted in African tradition. And it's just a way to pay homage or homage to your ancestors. And for the most part, people use liquor. However, you can use whatever you like. Um, in my family, when we would go on our biannual family reunion cruise, we would pour libations, but we would use water because it would be during our, we would actually do it during our um, Sunday service because when we would go on our cruises, it would always be um, over the span of a week and a weekend or some days of the week and a weekend. And we would always have like a Sunday um, church service where we get up and we talk about how grateful we are and um, you know, just how happy we are to be here. And we were sing. I mean, basically, we just basically had church on this on the boat. We reserved a room because we serious about church on Sundays, I guess. And we would actually pour libations for our ancestors. We would call them by name. We would actually one year we wrote um, their names on cards and we gave them out to everybody and everybody read a name and poured um, libations for our ancestors. So um, we use water because we had a lot of ancestors. So we use water and it was a lot of us. The tradition actually dates back to ancient Egypt. Um, and if you think about it, like, where do you think the concept of cheers comes from? Or especially when you're toasting uh, to someone who isn't alive anymore, or someone who's passed away, or where do you think to make it even more relevant to our culture? Where do you think the concept of pour out some liquor for my dead homies or for my homies who ain't here comes from, which is interesting because it's something that, you know, traditionally uh, gang members do. 
Uh, I grew up in L.A. and that was a big thing in L.A. Pour out some liquor for my homies who ain't here or for my so-and-sos who ain't here. That is Africa. That is all Africa, baby. That is all Africa. It's all rooted in African tradition. And sometimes people forget that um, and even some Egyptians forget or they don't want to acknowledge that Egypt is in Africa and Egyptians are Africans and ancient Egyptians that pretty much set the tone for life as we know it today, they were Africans. Okay. Don't ever forget that. And if anyone forgets it around you, remind them because sometimes people just need a reminder about certain things. So let them know. So anyway, going back to my trip to the Eastern shore, we get down there and we meet up with Yolanda. Yolanda is the young lady that I was talking about before, who is the guru on the black Eastern shore. And she takes us on a tour of the town. But before I even get there, picture this Juneteenth, 2020. My friend Nichelle, who was driving, you know, she's like, oh, this is so amazing. And she's just talking and talking and talking about how excited she is. And I'm kind of just zoned out looking out of the window, trying to like really soak in what's about to happen because I kind of feel it. I keep trying to tell people that. I might be a little psychic, but you know, don't nobody listen to me. And that's fine. Don't listen to me because I don't want nobody asking me no questions that I don't, you know, want to answer. But anyway, I'm kind of zoned out and I'm just looking out the window trying to like really soak in like what's going on or what's about to happen. Right. And just taking in like all the sights and everything I see. And then she says, you know what, let's listen to some gospel music so we can get in the spirit and, you know, in the spirit of our ancestors kind of prepare for this. And I'm like, okay. So I put on something, you know, when you are the passenger, you're kind of on DJ duty. So whatever the driver says that you play, that's what you play. So I put on something. It might have been like Donnie McClurkin. I can't remember what the song was, but um, she's singing and I'm still looking out the window. And before I know it, I'm so subconsciously overcome with emotion that I'm crying my eyes out. And in that moment, I knew that it was going to be a serious day and not serious in a negative way, but I just knew that it was going to be an emotionally heavy day. Um, so we meet up, meet up with Yolanda, as I said, excuse me. And we met at the Harriet Tubman museum and then we follow her to, um, Harriet Tubman's alleged birthplace. And basically it was the plantation where she grew up, where she was born and where she grew up, which is the broadest plantation. And there's a historical marker there and information about, you know, where we were standing and basically like it clicked like, shit, we're standing on like sacred ground. This is like serious, serious soil we're standing on. Right. And so we're standing around talking and her daughter's playing and running around. And then another car pulls up and then another car pulls up. They pull up like kind of basically simultaneously and a brother gets out of one car and then a sister gets out of another car and they start talking to each other. So we're like, okay, they know each other. And, you know, with the current climate, like when the car pulls up, you know, we looking in like, wait a minute, who's that? Do we need to go to the car? And I'm thinking, Shit, I didn't even drive my own car. Nichelle probably don't got nothing in the car that I need to bust somebody in the head with. What am I going to do? I don't have nothing. 
but I got this bottle, right? Um, because that's just how I think. <laughs> Don't judge me. That's how I think. So um, they get out and we greet them and kind of chit chat with them for a little bit. Um, I offer to take their pictures um, and I took them in front of the, you know, marker so that you can kind of see like what it is. And then they go on and walk off down um, the way to like a house that's off in the distance. We didn't go down to the house because... It was private property, and I don't really play those kind of games in the South. Um, I just don't because I don't really play with white folks in the South. It's just not a good idea, um, especially not down in like the country. And the Eastern Shore is kind of like the country. So the next thing we know, uh, another car pulls up and a family gets out, a woman, a man, and a small uh, boy. And of course, we start talking with them and find out that they live really close to us. And the other folks that um, had gotten there before them were from Philadelphia and Gaithersburg, Maryland, which is pretty far. So all of us have, other than Yolanda, who lives in uh, on the Eastern Shore, all of us have driven like hours to get there. And so we tell them uh, that we are going to pour libations and offer them the opportunity to join us. And they did. And when I tell you it was such a beautiful, just like spirit moving experience, like I've never experienced anything like this before in my life. And it's not because I haven't like experienced traditions and ceremonies where you pour out um for your ancestors or you pour out libations for your ancestors or, you know, any of those things. But I don't know, it was something about that day and it was just something about, you know, just the energy that was just very different. And um, we stood in a circle and we poured uh, libations for our ancestors and we called our own personal ancestors by name. We called on the names of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, excuse me, and so many other people who have just lost their lives at the hand, at the hands, excuse me, of racism and just, you know, straight up police brutality. We called out the names of those who have died in the pursuit of our freedoms uh, for our people. We called out in honor of those who those names that we will never know. Those names that nobody ever knew, uh, but God knows their names, you know. We called out for those who actually had no name, for those who never made it through the Middle Passage. We called out in honor of our people, in honor of our ancestors that we knew, our ancestors that we will never know. And I have to say that something about my spirit was just changed and, and, and I just felt really different, uh, after that experience, it felt really good. Um, and it is something I will never forget for the rest of my life. And, um, to do so on such, you know, sacred territory or sacred ground, it totally meant a lot. So I was just really overcome with like emotion. So after we were done with that, we all exchanged information. I sent them um, the video and the pictures that I took. And um, some of us exchanged like social media information. So if anybody's listening to this, hey. Um, And after that, we went on from the grounds of the birthplace of Harriet Tubman, Um, as she preferred to be called, she did change her name to Harriet. She named herself after her mother. Um, she changed her name from her slave name or the name that they gave her, 
of Araminta Ross, which was really interesting because after that we went to the infamous Bucktown General Store. And if you know the story of Harriet Tubman and her sleeping spells and her dreaming spells when she said that God would talk to her, this is where it all started. This is where she was hit in the head with like smack in the middle of her forehead with a two pound weight. And that incited the dreaming spells that she would have. And so as we pulled up to the store, um, a truck pulled in like before us and like parked around the side and uh, we got out and a white uh, man walked over to us and started to talk to us. Come to find out he was the owner of the store and his family has owned the store for um I can't remember when they bought the store, but it was after um, the the situation with Harriet Tubman and the uh, wait happened. But they they bought it and they still own it. I think his last name is Merritt. Merritt. I think it's Merritt. I could be wrong, though. Don't don't quote me, child. Just look it up. But as we pulled up, um, he gets out. He starts talking to us. And the store is basically it's a historical site in the state of Maryland. But he advised us that because of COVID, there hadn't been any tours there in the past three to four months. He offered to uh, give us a tour, like a personal tour. But of course, who pulls up and is coming around the corner as he's about to let us in um, a car full of women. They're like, how are you giving tours? And so then they came in, but you know, like ultimately I didn't even really care at that point because I was just so full of emotion. I was like, whatever. I just pretended that they weren't there. So he opened the store for us and actually he took pictures of us um, in front of the store, but he gave us a little, you know, looky-loo around the store and, um, then gave us a tour and told us the story of what happened that day. He told us all about, you know, how Harry got hit with the weight. And ironically, according to him, um, it was due to her trying to defend or protect another little boy, a little black boy that was running from uh, a slave master. And she in turn got caught uh, and with the weight that was meant for the little boy and got hit in the head with it. Ironic. A black woman ends up getting the weight. That was meant for a little boy, but whatever. I'm not even going there. But um, at least that's how the story goes, according to him. Who knows what really happened? Okay. Um, but the store was really magical. There's a lot of energy in the store. Um, uh, it was really intense. And I, like, I could feel a lot. And so after we left there, we went back into town and, you know, there was a Black Lives Matter, ra- Black Lives Matter rally, excuse me, going on, which was... You know, it's just like the day just kept getting better. Right. And so people were sitting in the street painting like Black Lives Matter on Main Street in the middle of the main street of this small little town. The mayor of the town, an older black woman, was giving a speech and she was addressing people in the audience by name, talking about her grandson, pointing them out. And, you know, it was just a, a it was a day that. Like, I can't even begin to explain. It was it was such a good feeling, right? It was just a day that was just filled with just good-ass vibes, like, all day. And I'll never, ever, 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 ever forget it. And, like, it's etched into my bones. And um, I pray that the energy from that day just lives on for generations. Like, I, and I hope that my spirit passes that energy on to everybody that I meet. Like, it totally, like, just did something to me. 
I'm sure that a lot of it has to do with, and I'm talking about like me, like feeling everything. Um, like I am, I'm very transparent about like being in therapy and I feel a lot, you know, in a very intense way. In addition to, you know, I'm just that kind of person. I'm a Libra. They say Libras feel everything. I am what they call an empath. So when it comes to feeling things like it's really intense for me and sometimes it's too intense. And in addition to that, like I'm waist deep in my own healing, right? Uh, I go to therapy weekly. If you have been to therapy before, when you get in it, in it, or the part where, you know, like, the healing is like starting to manifest. Listen, you are in a really vulnerable state. I was actually talking to my hairstylist, who's also my friend. Shout out to you, Dana. Love you. Um, I don't even think she listens to the show, but I'll tell her that I gave her a shout out. We were talking about how when you're in therapy and like stuff starts to come up that you didn't even know about, like you, it just puts you in a weird like feeling space. And I think that I am or was or am, you know, just kind of in that space. And I'm really emotionally vulnerable. And, you know, for me, it's it's really a hell of a time to be alive because it's a gift and a curse. But it's mostly a gift because on the other side of this, like there's a certain kind of freedom that comes along with like healing from certain traumas and certain pains. And, um, it's funny as I move into the next thing that I'm talking about a few days ago before I embarked on a little personal journey that um, I'm going to talk about in a little bit. I uh, met up with a friend of mine and we were sitting and having a conversation and we started talking about um you know, just some of my like idiosyncrasies and little things. And we were laughing and, you know, just talking about like things and not just my idiosyncrasies like his too. And before I knew it, I had started crying and I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm crying. And he was like, what are you saying you're sorry for? There's nothing to be sorry for, you know? And as we talked a little more, he said to me, and I just love him so much. Like I do. I love him with all my heart and I am very, very grateful to have him in my life. But he said to me, he said, you know, like you're in therapy and you go to therapy every week. He said, and in the process of healing stuff comes up and he said, and like you become very emotionally vulnerable or you, you know, as things start to come up and start to leave you, like it leaves you in a space of emotional, excuse me, vulnerability. So that could be why you're crying. And I just started thinking about like the past month or the past few weeks and I have just been crying a whole lot more, but it makes sense because like certain pain and certain trauma, you know, I pray to God is starting to leave like my psyche, starting to leave my body, starting to leave my person. And I really believe that that is why I've been um, so emotional. So he said that to me and that was right before I um, was going to pull off before I went on my little journey that I went on and that I'm still on actually, because I'm recording this, uh, the day before it is released. And, um, so let me tell you about it. So father's day came 
and um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a really bad day, but it wasn't the best day. It's actually the first uh, year um, that I have had to spend Father's Day without my grandfather, and I'm going to try not to cry, but um, he passed away in January, and my f- grandfather and I were extremely close. Like, if I ever had a champion, a cheerleader, a number one fan, it was him. And I it, I could do something like clap, jump, and shake. And he would be like, oh, man, you did a good job. <laughs> like, he just, like, praised me for everything that I did. And, um, you know, the blessing and the curse of that is that he always treated me like I was three years old. But, you know, what I wouldn't give to oh man um you know what i wouldn't give for those moments again but anyway i'm not even about to fall apart on this uh show but anyway it was the first father's day uh with how my grandfather and so that in addition to a couple other things kind of like triggered me on that day or like kind of put me in a place where i was a little emotionally off and um Like, I just felt weird the day after Father's Day. Two days later, which was that Tuesday, like, I was like, oh, something ain't right. And so I called my therapist because my spirit told me that, like, look, you can't wait until your appointment on Wednesday. Call her now. I called her. She didn't answer. My heart, like, fell into the floor. And then she called me back in two minutes. And by the time we got off the phone, I had cried my eyes out. I laughed. And by the time it was over, I had a clearer understanding of why I was in the space that I was in and why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. And I felt much better. Right. And so the next day we had our normal session and I was feeling good, but something else was going on and um, not in a bad way, but it was just You know, I'm really big on energy, but my energy was just kind of like wonky. So on Thursday, I decided that, you know what, get out of here. You need to get out of here. You need to go and you need to do something um, and you need to do something by yourself. And so I decided to take a solo road trip to uh, Virginia Beach. And I didn't really have much of an idea exactly what I was going to do, but I knew that I needed to. I'm very connected to large bodies of water, like something about seeing it, smelling it, hearing it, being on the shore with the sand or being on the water in a vessel or a boat is something about that, that my spirit really connects to. So I knew that I needed to see a large body of water and just see some different scenery, smell some different air, be around some different people that didn't know me. You know, I just needed to get away. So I decided to go to Virginia Beach and then I decided that at the end of my trip, I would spend a day in Newport News, Virginia, which is where my mother's biological father's family is from. Here's the tea, though. My mother has absolutely no idea. Well, not to my knowledge. Anyway, she has no idea who her biological father is nor where he is from. But her eldest child does. Okay. Um, my great aunt who was as crazy as I don't even know what to say. Um, my aunt was nuts, but not nuts in the sense of, 
um, not comprehending. She was just a mean, crazy old lady. Um, That's my mother's mother's sister. Um, She's my great aunt, um, but she was also brilliant, like really brilliant. She taught me how to read or started to teach me how to read at two. Um, I could read sight words. We used to listen to 45 records together and you know me and you know I'm really big on aunts and aunties and how important they are in our lives. She was just a really important figure in my childhood that helped to mold me into who I am. Um, She gave me a gift that was priceless. And here's one of the gifts that she gave me. She kind of planted the seed for me to be a little weird or for me to be a bit of a nerd. Um, We used to watch Star Trek together, The Twilight Zone. Keep in mind, I'm like five, six, seven years old. We used to watch Benny Hill. I had no business. If you are of Generation X, you know who Benny Hill is. You have, I had no business watching Benny Hill. Okay. None. But I would watch it with her, like, um, the Muppets, all kind of just crazy stuff we would watch. I can't remember the show with Vincent Price. Why was I watching that? But anyway, shout out to my Aunt Grace. Grace, you crazy, but I love you. Thank you. And thank you. Just thank you. But anyway, um, the gift that she gave me was that one day she told me um, who my mother's biological father was. She told me his name. She told me his mother's name. And she told me where they were from, which is Newport News, Virginia. And so um, when I got old enough, I went back to her and I asked her again and I wrote it down. And then um that that was it. That was all I needed. So years ago, let me back up. I told y'all that I was kind of moved and my energy kind of shifted after that Juneteenth experience. And I decided to um, make a move kind of um, and physically start doing something. But I started doing ancestral and genealogical research uh, years ago. Um, but I really started to commit to it in January and I learned a whole lot. I learned a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean, like, sis means a lot. Okay. In the midst of that, I started to document so much information, but not really sure what, why, nor how I was going to use this information or how it would benefit me. And here we are. Tomorrow uh, is July the 1st, 2020. And I'm actually going to take the information that I have collected and visit some places in Newport News that I have found some of the addresses of um, some of my alleged ancestors and take some pictures and document some of the uh, moments and possibly visit um, two cemeteries if I'm able to. One of my great grandmother and my great great grandmother and um, just make some connections to my ancestors on my mother's father's side my mother's biological father's side and I'm blessed on my father's side that we have a lot of documentation about our ancestors and the history of our family and we're just really close um, like super close Uh, but on my mother's side it's not so much the same way so I'm hoping to make some connections and you know, fill some gaps and connect some dots. So let's hope that it works out. And um, this trip has been, you know, such a blessing for me. I spent some time in Virginia Beach. I got some much much needed um, rest. I got some peace. 
some quiet. I soaked up some sun. I smelled the sea. I saw some dolphins. Um, I took so many pictures. I love taking pictures. I took so many pictures. I saw my godfather and his family. And honey, I, I got sunburned like nobody's business because I decided to go out on a dolphin watching cruise in the middle of the day with a tank top on. And I look like my name is Lisa the Lobster. I want to say I talk a lot about um, self-care, but this is what self-care looks like, right? And when I say this is what self-care looks like, what I mean is you create self-care to somebody else. Learning about your mother's father's biological father's ancestry is not a form of self-care. But for Mimi, it is a form of self-care. Getting sunburned is not a form of self-care for some people. Some people will see it as the opposite. It is a form of self-care for me. But self-care is all about you. And I mean, that is a theme here, Hammy, my purse. Like, what about you? You got to take care of you, right? So you create the self-care. You create the self-care that you yourself needs. You don't create the self-care that somebody else needs. You don't create the self-care that your homegirl says that she does for herself, you need to do what is good for yourself. And if you don't, I'm telling you, you will be sad about it. It can look like self-care can look like whatever you want it to look like, whatever in the hell you need it to look like. That's what it needs to look like, whatever you need. And I needed time alone. I needed the ocean. I needed the sunshine. I needed a new scene. I needed to reconnect with my godfather. I needed to form or I need to form a new connection with my ancestors. They know me, but I don't know them. I need to figure something out. So I'm going to go buy me some white rum and I'm going to go and I'm going to pour out a little liquor for my dead homies. Right. I'm going to do that. And I need that. I need that. And it is going to make me, I pray to God that it makes me feel really good and provides me with the joy and the peace and the freedom that I need to feel good. I need to get my Sankofa on. If you don't know what Sankofa is, I'm not telling you. Go to Google. Look it up. Okay. Look up Sankofa. Um, but I need to return and I need to get it. I need to. I need to reconnect with my ancestors. I know I said I need to connect for the first time, but it's a reconnection because if I am them and they are me, it's just a reconnection. And I felt that when we were on the Eastern Shore, I felt it so strong, like I need to, I need to go back and I need to get it. And here I am. I'm ready. I'm anxious. I'm anxious as shit. I can't even lie. I'm anxious. I'm able. So I'm, I, I got everything that I need and I'm going to go forth and I'm going to possess the land. As they say, I don't even know where I heard that. I've been saying that since high school. It's probably in the Bible or in some book that I had to read in high school, but I'm going to do it. And I'm really excited and I hope something good comes from it. And even if it doesn't, like just the fact that I did this for myself and for my mother, essentially, and for my mother's sister, may she rest in peace, and for my mother's mother, like this is important for me. And this is a form of self-care for me, and I'm very excited. So stay tuned. You know, I'm going to give you a report and tell you what happens as a result, but I'm really hoping that something good happens for it. And if nothing comes from it. It's okay. Just the journey alone is um, a blessing for me.
Okay, y'all. So I am coming to you guys with today's straight facts question. And today's question is coming to us from Keisha, who lives in Newark, New Jersey. And Keisha wants to know, why is it that women date men or feel comfortable dating men that don't take care of their children? You know, Keisha, this is one of those things that's like, it's like, you know, uh, figuring out a Rubik's Cube, you know, or like one of those age old questions. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I have dated a lot of men. I have kissed a plenty of frog, dog and downright hog. Okay. But one thing that I don't do is I don't date a man that don't take care of his kids. Okay. Um, actually, I always end up with guys that are super dads, which is really interesting. Um, because that makes them emotionally unavailable, but whatever. They're super dads. Um, and I actually respect that. And if that means that you don't have a lot of time for me because you are busy taking care of your children, that is a win for somebody. It's a win for your child who essentially is much more important in the grand scheme of life than just me, who you are dating in this moment. Um, but I don't really know why women do that. I do know that I don't think it's a good idea. I think that, um, when we date men, we have to really pay attention to uh, who you, we are dealing with and how they move. And if you ever feel like you want to have a kid with this man, like, what do you think is going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you have a kid, what makes you think that he's going to be really good to you and your child? So I'm not really sure why women do that. And um if I find one who uh, is dating a man who's not taking care of their kids, I'm going to ask her. And when I ask her, I'm going to document what she says and I'm going to bring it back to you. Uh, but in the meantime, I don't really know. I don't even really know why anybody would want to do that because it's kind of disgusting. And um, I'm not necessarily judging her for um, dating him, but I kind of am. Kids are kids are different. Like, like the kid didn't ask to be here. So I don't know. I don't know, but it's kind of whack. Like it's the moves of a bozo even. And if you're out there and you're listening and you are dating a man who doesn't take care of his kids, do better, sis. Come on. You got to do better. Speaking of which. So friends and kin for today's we got to do better. I went to one of my favorite self-care books. I don't really call books that um, aid you in being better or guide you to a place of being your best self as self-help books because self-help, the term self-help always made me think about pity and it just sounds kind of pitiful and like sad. So I like the term self care because you're caring about yourself. You're caring about your well-being and you want to get to a place where you are being your best self, right? So anyway, the book is entitled, What a Time to Be Alone, The Slum Flower's Guide to Why You Are Enough. The author is Chidera Egaru. 
I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, forgive me, please. But I started following her. She is British. And if I'm not mistaken, she is of Nigerian descent. She, um, I started following her on Twitter and like, I just found her so fascinating. She was really funny to me. I suggest you follow her. I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes and I'll probably go over it again. Just, you know, in my summation of the show or in my thank yous, but, um, she's really amazing. Uh, just some of the stuff that she says, it's just amazing to me. So I will follow her. I started following her on Instagram maybe a few months ago. Cause I always just followed her on Twitter and you ever like follow people on Twitter and you get really psyched when they respond to you. She responded to me a few times and I got really, really excited. I was like, Oh my God, she responded to my tweet because like, I love this book. And I remember when it first came out, I got it when it first came out. I was so pumped. So the message for today is, and I quote, the sooner we stop pretending to be immune to feelings that scare us, the sooner life will begin to make sense. End quote. I'm going to read it again. The sooner we stop pretending to be immune to feelings that scare us, the sooner life will begin to make sense. And on the next page, she has a little blurb about uh, the quote. And I'm going to read it. You run because it feels scary to care this much. You run because you associate loving with losing. You run because facing these feelings raises the responsibility of facing up to yourself. To care is to be vulnerable. According to the world, it's not cool to be vulnerable. It's cool to be stoic, aloof, and unconcerned. Because to emotionally inept people, this shows resilience, strength of character, and the oh-so-admirable quality of being eternally unbothered. But this is all wrong. Because to constantly be unbothered is to be dead inside. For a lot of people, caring means losing. These are the people who invest all their energy into performing instead of living because to appear unbothered all the time, you must be in a constant state of pretense. Don't aim to be like these people. They need more help than you think they do, but it is not your place to save them. Can I get an amen on that word real quick? Hey, 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 she be a shando. Come on one time for the one time. Did you hear what she said? She said to be constantly unbothered is to be dead inside. Come on now. For a lot of people, caring means losing. These are the people who invest all of their energy into performing instead of living. Because to appear unbothered all the time, you must be in a constant state of pretense. You know, if you grew up in a, in, in a Christian church, this is when they say, may the Lord add, um, what they say? Dang, that's how you know I'm going to church. <laughs> May the Lord add, you know what? Don't judge me. May the Lord add a something to the reading and the hearing of his word is what they say. I don't, I don't, can't remember what the one part is, but go on and add a something to the reading and the hearing of this word that I just gave you. Okay. Go on out and let that sit, let that sit on you. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put that in the show notes. I'm going to type it up. I'm going to put it in the show notes. And I'm going to put a post about it um, on Instagram sometime this week because y'all need to see that. Y'all need to see it. You need to read it and you need to go back and read it and you need to go back and read it a few more times because it's that that was a word. And you know what? I'm going to give you all some more words from, um, from this book in the future. So this this might this might be 
This book, What a Time to Be Alone by Chidera Egaru. This might be the Hand Me My Purse um, uh, Bible. This might be our book, but don't quote me because I changed my mind so much because I'm a Libra. I love y'all, okay? So friends and kin, I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to... First and foremost, God, don't even get it twisted. You already know that's how I operate. Why? Because I'm black and that's just kind of what we do. And that's how I was raised. Also, because God is pretty awesome. And if you don't believe me, find it out for yourself. But God is pretty dope, I gotta say. And um, I'm glad I know him or her because, you know, ultimately, We don't really know. God could very well be a woman. In my mind, God sometimes is a woman and sometimes is a man. Um, I could elaborate on that, but I'm not because I don't want to offend people, even though it would be kind of like a joke. And sometimes people can't take jokes, so I'm not. Moving forward, I would also like to thank um, my family, my friends, my supporters, and of course, you guys, my listeners. I appreciate you guys so much. And I want to send a special shout out to my day ones, my folks that's been rocking with me since March the 1st when I dropped my trailer for the first time and those who came around for the launch on April the 1st. But also, I want you guys to know that if you just started listening at episode eight, you are important too. And I am very happy to have you on board. I actually want to commission you to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, because that is how we are going to grow this community of aunties and aunties in training and uncles and uncles in training. Like this is how um, we create forward movement by sharing um, by word of mouth. If you so choose to, if you don't think it's a good idea, then don't. I don't want to make anybody do anything that they don't want to do. Okay. Um, I also want to just reiterate the importance of honoring our ancestors because one, that is how we prepare for our own ancestral journey and how we respect and cherish the sacrifices that were made so that we could simply just exist. Okay. So that we can simply just be not even getting into all of the small freedoms that we have because on a grand scheme I don't know if we have a whole lot of freedom but just small freedoms um and those sacrifices are important also I want to uh, make sure that I share with you how to find the slum flower on social media who is the author of the book uh where I read um the quote from the segment uh the we got to do better segment and on Instagram and Twitter you can find her at at the slum flower. So that is T H E S L U M F L O W E R. Just how it sounds, the slum flower. And you'll know you're in the right place because she is the creator of a hashtag. And the hashtag is hashtag saggy boobs matter. And this is exactly why I love her so because saggy boobs definitely matter and they are very important and valid and they hold a special place in my life. And you can draw whatever conclusions you like. I just don't understand why people always talk about perky boobs because perky boobs matter. Yes, but so do saggy boobs. Now, hold up. Before you exit out of whatever streaming service you are using to listen to this, I want you to stop. Now, go on and click subscribe or follow. And if possible, 
I want you to go on over to Instagram and follow me at hand me my purse underscore podcast. Again, that is hand me my purse underscore podcast. And you can also follow me on Twitter at HMMP underscore podcast. And on Facebook, just search for Hand Me My Purse Podcast. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts or any other medium that allows you to, please take some time to rate the show and review the show. I love you for it. I appreciate it. Even if you don't have anything kind to say, just don't cuss at me. Talk about my mom or talk about my daddy and don't talk about my grandmother because then I'm going to be ready to fight you. Okay. Show notes with active links because it was brought to my attention that in some mediums, the links are not active. But if you want active links so you can just click and go, you want to go to www.handmemypurse.buzzsprout.com. And I would appreciate it if you would submit your questions for the straight facts segment and photos and stories and quotes from your aunties to hello at handmemypurse.com or send me a DM on Instagram. Or you can send me one on Twitter if you like Twitter. Um, And just an FYI, you can expect a brand new episode of Hand Me My Purse, the podcast, on the 1st and 15th of every single month. So the same way you expected those checks on the 1st and the 15th, early in the morning, you already know your girl is going to have you covered. On those days, again, the 1st and 15th of every month on your podcast streaming services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer for my international friends and kin, and anywhere else you may even think that you can find it. Or you can just go straight to my Buzzsprout website and find it there. I look forward to you looking forward to listening. And I'm out this bitch. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, 
David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.